Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21. Unto him, as the Lord Jesus Christ, be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for being so good and kind to us. Jesus, good to bless today's study and teaching. May you use it to help folks in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, glory in the church. And I want to do a study today on the difference between the church versus the local church. And uh, you got a bunch of happy writers and a bunch of people out there that don't believe there's a difference. Right? Amen. And uh, there, there is a difference. Amen. And uh, you need to understand the difference. There is a difference. And there's a bunch of preachers out there that will turn around and tell you they're the same thing. Amen. They're not. Not the same thing. And uh, for example, I'll give you this. We're meeting in a building today. Right? We, the people, are the church. Meeting in a building. This is not a church building. This is a building that's been set aside for the meeting of the church. You understand? But people want to call this the house of God. This ain't the house of God. This body that I'm in... The Holy Ghost of God through the power of Jesus Christ come inside me. This is the temple of God. This is the house of God. Amen. And so the Holy Ghost of God is living inside me. You have to understand. People say, well, you get too critical of terminology. It's going to mess your Bible up. It's going to mess your theology up. If you don't have this thing rightly divided. Amen. On the be glory where? In the church. Does the church build a last forever? No. <laughs> oh. Amen. It's talking about the body of Christ. And we got to understand when it was formed, how it was formulated, everything. All right? Now, I want you to go to 1 Timothy chapter number 1. You got to get some of this stuff because I've heard these guys get out there and say things. And they say foolish things. And when they say foolish things, I just want to laugh them out of the church. They're, they're idiotic. Amen? Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 look at what it says in verse 17 now unto the king who <clears throat> eternal immortal comma what <clears throat> you know what my king is he's invisible amen God the father is invisible he's a spirit and they that worship him must worship his spirit truth right Hebrews chapter number 11 Hebrews chapter number 11 talking about Moses and Moses is talking uh, and dealing with God the Father. Verse 27. <clears throat> Hebrews 11, 27. And by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, but he endured. Amen. How? As seeing him who is invisible. Amen. And I, I've heard people sit back and say, you believe in an invisible church? Well, then you ought to get an invisible paycheck from an invisible preacher. Blah, 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 blah. Listen, God's invisible. Amen. You can't see him. That's why you got to see him by faith. Right. Amen. And when God wanted to be visible and he took on a body, he showed up in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God the Father, amen, when he wanted to show up in the Old Testament, like when he dealt with Abraham in Genesis 18, 
God and two men showed up. Amen. Those two angels that were going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and three other cities with them. When he showed up, the Lord showed up in a body. Multiple times the Lord showed up as the angel of the Lord. That's a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. And people better get a hold of that thing. And there's a difference between the church and the local church. And this church, amen, and this is what people hate, it's invisible. Amen. This one is visible. Now, the thing about it is this one's so visible that a lot of people put huge, giant steeples on it so you can identify it. And then they put a big old cross and all this. You understand? This one is invisible. People have a hard time with this. They sit back and say, all they can see is a local church. You understand? But they got to understand something. What do they got to understand, preacher? Let's look in uh, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, we've already covered this. Amen. Colossians chapter number 1, verse uh, 15 and 16. 16. For by him, just talking about Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Isn't that pretty simple? There's visible things, there's invisible things. You can't see my soul. My soul's invisible. But my body is visible. Therefore, people don't believe you have a soul. They think you are your body, and when your body dies, that's it. Why? Because they don't see the invisible soul. You understand? <laughs> it's not visible. You can't listen. If a man died here and his soul leaves his body, you won't see his soul leave. It's invisible, but it's real. It's alive. It feels pain. It can see. It de it desired water. It has a memory. You understand what I'm saying? The soul's real. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Let's go to Romans one. We just got to do a study on the Bible. And listen, when I hear guys like that, I just laugh because I sit back and God, God don't know what he's talking about. He's just championing his little Baptist brighter doctrine. He don't know what he's talking about. Amen. Verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest where? In them. For God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him. From the creation of the world are clearly understood. Listen. There's God's got invisible things. And one of the invisible things is his church. Not his local church. His physical, his spiritual body. It's invisible. Amen. When the Holy Ghost of God is likened onto something in the Bible. In John chapter number 3, he's likened onto wind. Can you see wind? No. You can't see wind. You can feel the effects of wind. Right? You, you can feel the effects of humidity. Can you see humidity? Now, sometimes way off in the distance, you might see heat vapors rising off a road when it's hot. Those are vapors. You can see a vapor a little bit. But for the most part, you can't see water in the air unless it's rain. You understand? But that's with thick condensation where it makes it visible. But there's things that's imperceptible to the eye. And God, listen, the invisible things of him, he has things that are invisible. And one of those things that are invisible is his spiritual body, the church. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Amen. Some of you guys, you just rightly divide too much. Some people do. Some people do. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. There's hyper dispensation. Some people over divide. Yeah. 
Amen. I'm not over dividing. I'm just showing you the differences. That's one way you learn is learning differences. This world's messing it all up, telling you there's no difference between a man and a woman and a father and a mother, you know, and good and evil. <laughs> there's a difference. You better write that down. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 18. While we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Now, listen, now Paul's talking about us looking at something you can't see. <laughs> now, you talk about crazy. Huh? Paul's telling us we're looking at things that are not seen. Right? For the things which are seen are temporal. And the things which are not seen are eternal. You know what? If you're if you're truly saved and born again and you're part of the church, it's eternal. Because it's invisible. I mean, you got eternal life, it's invisible. You got eternal savior, he's inside you, he's invisible. Amen. The things that are seen are what? Temporal. Temporal. Right? Amen. Listen, this church is temporary. We've been here 10 years. In this building, it's temporary. It can come, it can go. It can burn down. It can get blown over. It can tornado, it can knock it down. Amen. They can sell it, move it, destroy it. I've seen all kinds of churches get destroyed. The church, amen, where I married my wife is no longer there. The church where I surrendered to preach was ordained is no longer there as far as a building. Now, the group of people still going on. Charity moved from over there in North Fairfield over off the uh, back behind Dorothy Lane. They moved into a different building. You understand? There's a difference. That which is seen is temporal. That which is not seen is. And Paul talks about there's a bunch of things we see that's invisible. <laughs> that you cannot see. Amen. Let's, let's, uh, let's go on to this next one. 1 Corinthians 14. Or 15. 1 Corinthians 15. I just like the Bible, don't you? Yeah. I think the Bible says a lot. I, I need it to say a lot. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, talking about uh, the resurrection. Verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised how? In incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, right? It is raised what? A spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Boy, they better get that. Yeah. Amen. There's a spiritual body. There's a spiritual body. There's a physical body. <laughs> that kind of sums it up for me, doesn't it, you? Yeah. I like it. Listen, they want to sit back and say there ain't no such thing as an invisible body. The Bible said there's a spiritual body. Well, the book of Ephesians says one Lord, one faith, one body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's talking about that spiritual body, not the physical. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter number 9. I just love the Bible. I love when it does all the talking for me. Amen. Verse 24, Hebrews 9, 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy place. Places made how? Christ is not entered into the holy place. Made with hands. 
which are the figures of the true, but in the heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. You know what he did? He's entered up into heaven. There's a, there's a figure up there. There's a picture up there. Amen. God has a spiritual thing, and there's a picture. He's got a heavenly tabernacle. He's got an earthly tabernacle. He's got a physical body. He's got a spiritual body. You understand? Yeah. He's got temporal life. He's got eternal life. Amen. Verse 23. Therefore, it was necessary the patterns of the things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Listen, there are figures and there's pictures and there's patterns up in heaven of the real thing. You understand? All right. Now, I want to give you the deepest one of them all. You ready for the deep stuff? Everybody that's in this spiritual body, amen, are saved. You understand that? Everyone, bar none, are saved that's in the body of Christ. They get saved by trusting the Lord Jesus Christ and believing the gospel. The Holy Spirit of God baptizes them into Christ. There! That person's saved. Not everybody in the local church is saved. Amen? Not everybody's saved. There's lost people in the local church. There's local churches all over this country. When the rapture takes place, there's lost people going to be there. Now, there's people that believe they're saved and think they're saved, right. but they're not saved. You understand? There are lost people that join. I know lost members, lost preachers, lost deacons, lost deacons' wives and preachers' wives have been saved, been serving in the church for years. I had a preacher preach here. There was a Methodist preacher. They say, well, that's probably wasn't a Baptist. Oh, give me a break. I don't want to hear that stuff. You understand? Listen, everybody that's saved anywhere in this world. Now, we had a missionary in here, and a lot of people call them brighters. And that guy, a pastor, former pastor, made a statement that I'm not a brighter, but I'm a double first cousin of one. <laughs> Amen? Listen, they have a problem with something that's called the universal church. The universal church is what we, when we refer to that, is there's a group of believers all around the world that are baptized spiritually into this body. So we call that the church. They want to think and make it inclusive and throw in Catholics, Pentecostals, Church of Christ, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons. No, there's a group, there's a circle of religion out there that includes a circle of churches. Amen. Those are counterfeit churches, which we may get into Sunday, Sunday morning. You understand? Did I lose you? The universal church, I'm talking about when I say universal, or I say invisible, or I say the church, I'm talking about every person, whether it's the Philippines, China, Russia, India, Europe, Africa, America, Canada, Mexico, anybody that trusts the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God takes and places into Christ, that's part of the invisible, eternal, spiritual body. They're all saved. That's the universal church. That's what I'm calling universal. Now, the word Catholic, people term universal. And Justin Martyr or somebody like that, I can't remember which guy made that stupid bonehead statement, but one of the church fathers called it universal, the body of Christ, and he called it Catholic. And that name stuck, and the Catholics adopted that. 
And uh, that was a bad terminology and a bad thing for that guy to use is use the Catholic Church. And Baptists want to use Catholic terminology quite a bit. Amen. Like the Lord's Supper, they call it a sacrament. It's never called a sacrament. It's called an ordinance. There's a difference. Amen. And the Catholic sacrament, amen, is their key to salvation. And they're re-crucifying Jesus Christ. And they're eating the literal flesh and literal blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, supposedly. It's fictitious. It's false. It's fake. It's phony. But the Catholic Church does make it universal. They do get around and fulfill the Great Commission for the devil. Where we're out trying to create the Great Commission for the Lord to reach the world with the gospel. Well, they reach the world with a false gospel. But I still believe we're universal, meaning that uh, this body's worldwide. Right? And it's a whosoever can get into this body if they'll repent and place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You must be born again. And everybody that's born again are placed into this body. Amen. That means Abraham's not in his body. That means John Baptist's not in his body. It means Moses's not in his body. None of them were born again until Christ rose from the dead and he's the firstborn. And then everybody placed their faith in what Christ did. They get put into that body. Amen. You said, what about those? They got different inheritance. They got a different opportunity. Amen. John the Baptist is part of saved Israel. Yeah. It's going to have a chance to rule and reign in the millennium. <laughs> Amen. Listen, they're not cheated. They're just not part of the body of Christ. Right. Noah's going to enter it, have some opportunities, but it's not going to be in part of the body of Christ. It's a total separate Amen. Organized organism. You have to understand the difference. And people don't understand these differences and they try to make them all the same. And then their Bible is just a mess. You can't put it together. It's a puzzle that will never be fixed then. And rightly dividing helps bring into picture the puzzle, the real puzzle. Amen. First Corinthians or uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter number one. You can have Ephesians one, Colossians one, but for Amen. He says in verse twenty-two, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. all. Right? Colossians one says. Verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning and firstborn from the dead, and all things he might have preeminence. So the church is singular, right? It's singular, the church. This church is plural. It's plurality of churches. You understand? In Revelation, uh, you got John in Revelation 2 and 3. He's writing to seven churches. You understand? Seven local churches John's writing to in Revelation 2 and 3. All right? These churches make up the church. They're different. The church. Every person that's in the church makes up local churches. But not everybody in a local church is part of the church. There's a difference. One's plural and one's singular. 
And you have to understand the difference. Listen, we came out of Liberty Baptist Church and started a church. That means there's plural, two churches. Right? Amen. First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. This this is a this is a kicker. This is one that they blow it on really big. First Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one spirit we're all baptized where? In the one, one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we're all been made to drink into one spirit. One spirit. And then we've already dealt with this before. Galatians chapter number 3, 24. Amen. Uh, this is spirit baptism. Baptized by the spirit. Here. Pastor or elder. Amen. You're baptized where? You're not technically baptized into the church. No. You're, you're, you aren't. Listen, there's a bunch of guys that preach that you got to be baptized into the local building. The local assembly, you got to be baptized. Listen, I believe to be a member of a church, you need to be a saved, born again, baptized individual. And upon you, if you've met the, the requirements for salvation and for baptism, at that point, upon your request, amen, it can be accepted or denied. There's preachers that will get somebody saved. They get saved. As soon as they get saved, they march them in the back room, put a robe on them, throw them in the water, and say, now you're a member of our church. Here's an envelope. We want you to start tithing to us. That's a bunch of crud. You understand? Amen. Yeah. Right? Listen, I believe you ought to be saved and be baptized. But I think that's a requirement to be a member of a local independent Baptist church. Amen. And a pastor or an elder will do the baptizing. But these guys turn around and sit back and say, look, look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number four. This is the problem that these boys have, and I'll show it to you. Verse four, Ephesians 4, 4. For there is one body. So they don't believe there can be a spiritual body and a physical body. You understand? Well, that's two bodies. All right. So there's only one family of God, right? And I have one family. And guess what? You have a family. Right, Kelly? You got a family. And you got a mom and dad. And then you got a grandma and grandpa's and, and all that stuff. Technically, we're not of the same family, aren't we? But ultimately, we are if we all go all the way back to Noah and Adam. You understand? But we don't recognize each other as a family. But when the church comes together and we assemble, we look at each other as a spiritual family. We're all one family as a local church. Yeah. But there's multitudes of families everywhere in the world. Right? There's, I don't know how many, 100,000 houses in Dayton. And you know what? There's families living in each one of them. But we're not all the same family. But we come from the same family of ancestors so you got to understand that listen they're trying to say because there's a spiritual body and a, and a physical body then there's only one body so you got to rule out the spiritual 
well, why don't we rule out the physical? Right? Look at what it says. And one who? One spirit, right? That's the Holy Ghost. Watch this. Even as you're all called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One baptism. One God, one Father of all who's in all the world. Listen, let's go to Hebrews chapter number six. Hebrews chapter number six. These folks better get this thing. There's, there's seven baptisms in your body. Well, there's only one. Yeah, there's only one that matters. Well, it doesn't say it matters because God knows you got some common sense and some people don't have it. Yeah. Amen. Ephesians chapter six. Look at what it says. Verse one. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let's go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from good works or dead works and a faith toward God. And of the doctrines of what? Baptisms. Plural. I thought there's only one. That's your problem. There's only one that matters and that counts. And that's the baptism of the Spirit. In John chapter number 3, verse 11 and 12. John 3, 11 and 12. John said, I truly baptize you with water. One. There cometh one after me. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Two. Comma. And with fire. Three. There's three baptisms in one verse. Yeah. Now, you got to rightly divide and say which one is the, the important one. And all these Baptists and all these Church of Christ and all these Catholics and all those, oh, it's all water baptism. You'll go to hell if you're not baptized by the Spirit of God into Christ. That's what matters. That's Spirit baptism. We're all baptized by one Spirit into Christ. It didn't say we're all baptized by one pastor into water into the local church. Yeah. Somebody's taking what the book says and trying to make it fit their little dialogue of doctrine and it ain't going to make it. Right. Better rightly divide. You better be baptized. Listen, I don't care how many times you're baptized by these clowns. It don't put you in here. No. Amen. <laughs> you know what the future of this church is? The future of this church is the rapture. You know how many people try to tell us the rapture ain't even going to take place anymore? This is our future. The rapture. Amen. You know what the future of this one is? Future of the local church is apostasy. Yeah. You, you know what apostasy is? It's from falling from a standing position. You stood for something, you believed something, and you fell away from what you believed. That's apostasy. In a sense, that's backsliding. I know people say there's no such thing as backsliding in the New Testament. Apostasy is. <laughs> they stood for something, and they fell away. That's the backsliding. To get away from the principles and the doctrines and the truths they held. The apostasy, that's what's wrong with the church today. They've apostatized. There'd be a great falling away. They'll turn on the fables from the faith. And that's what they won't endure sound up. And this one, they're, they're true believers. Their future is going up. There's a bunch of them that think they're saved. They're not going up. They're going through the tribulation. And they'll probably die in there. And they'll probably accept the mark of the beast. Because they wouldn't accept the real Christ. They'll accept the false Christ. 2 Thessalonians 2, 
They'll send a strong delusion and believe a lie. Amen. Here's another one. Here's another one. In this body right here, this spiritual body, there's always unity. How sweet and yeah. pleasant it is that the brethren dwell together in unity. Yeah. Paul said endeavoring to keep the unity in the bond of peace. Right? And these, not always unity. Amen. In fact, the reason why so many churches have started out there is because somebody wanted the preeminence and rose up against a preacher, caused a division, split the church, took a bunch of people out, people sucking their thumb and getting mad, went off and started a new church. Yeah. And left that preacher there holding a bag and now you got two churches in town, which then splinters again and you start another church, which starts another church. Listen, there's some churches in town around here that's probably responsible for about five, six, seven, eight, ten churches. <laughs> Down where I pastored in Louisiana, there's one church responsible for about 20 churches. Amen. And listen, they'll build one up and then they'll split, build it up, split, build it up, split, build it up, split. Why? Because they're not probably constituted right and run right and they're not taught right. And so therefore some guy that's putting big bucks in the plate wants to run the church and make some decisions and the preacher's got to tiptoe through the tithers and versus preaching the book and therefore the Mr. Moneybags gets mad because he can't purchase the pulpit. Yeah. There's a lot of purchasing in the pulpit going on out there. You know what you got to say? I'm not for sale. Mm -hmm. Listen, and when you go to churches and I'm not trying to be critical, I'm just trying to be factual. You go to a bunch of churches, you see nameplates on the pews and nameplates on the piano yeah. and nameplates all over the place. You know what? They're bartering to get money for the church and they'll put somebody's name on it so they can say, look what I gave. And then there's a bunch of people, when they do give, they get mad, they leave, they sue the church for the money and they expect the church to pay it back. <laughs> Amen. You guys don't know this, do you? I might as well teach you. Most people don't use envelopes when they give. But on the envelope, it says non-binding contribution. You know what that means? According to CLA, Christian Law Association, non-binding designation. It means that when you give it, you release full custody of that thing to be used at the discretion of the church. Amen? And once you release that thing, the church should not be obligated to ever have to pay you back a gift that you told God that that's for God. But there's people who want to come in and they want to sue churches and they want their money back. Amen. You know, you want to put me in, you might as well put me in jail right now because I can't pay that back. Because it's not going to me. We're paying rent on a building. So, you know, we'd have, well, you got to sue 10 days and get it back. Hello? All right. You ready? In here, there is no leaven. Here, I better put unleavened. Unleavened here and put leaven here. You know what leaven is? Remember what leaven is? It's, it's false doctrine. It's heresy. Amen. It's hypocrisy. There's hypocrisy in the local church. It could be the pastor. It could be the pastor's wife. It could be his children. It could be the deacons. It could be anybody in the church. Here, there is no unleavened. There is no hypocrisy in the body. Right? There's, there's no false doctrine 
in the body. Christ's doctrine is straight. It's true. It's honest. It's us to conform to this spiritually. But in here, you can have you can have anything in here. What? Any local church can be put out. Listen, they put out tons of trash. Where Brother Dax was, there's a Sunday school superintendent, basically the man, he called himself the mayor of Disney down there where Brother Dax was. And uh, he wanted to get up and he wanted to preach heresy when Dax wasn't around. He took advantage when the man of God wasn't standing in the pulpit and he gave him liberty when he stepped aside to pump out his false doctrine. And Dax confronted that thing head on and split the church. And everybody stood up and uh, I told him, I said, draw a line of sand, find out who's on your side. And guess what? They all walked across that line and said, we're all on your side, preacher. And I was praying here and I was walking around the corner and I started going around the corner of this hall and the Lord told me, he said, you called Dax. He said, he said, tell him that bird's going to walk that across that line and pretend, amen, that he's on Dax's side. And Dax said, I had the same thought. And when he drew that line, he said, there's a bunch of you across this line. Don't believe it. Who's really on my side? And every one of them birds that was against them began to start running their mouth. And one guy screamed, shouted all the way out the door. And the other guy left the church. But then he came back holding private meetings, calling all kinds of people, causing all kinds of trouble. And finally, Dax just resigned instead of having a big fight. Why? Because there's leaven in there. A man got up behind a pulpit to teach false doctrine. And everybody rallied around him when they mouthed and imitated that they was with the pastor. That stuff goes all the time in local churches, but in Christ's body, there's always you. Mm -hmm. In Christ's body, there's always sound doctrine. <laughs> Amen. This, this is going to get a lot of people happy right here. Amen. In the spiritual body. Amen. Amen. Christ is the head. Amen. Christ, he's the head of it. Right? You got God the Father is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. The man is the head of the woman. There's an order. God has an order out there. Christ is the head of the local church. Or the, the spiritual church. Amen. The pastor is the head of the local church. Amen. That yanks a lot of change. That, that gives a lot of people problems. And I told the guy this, and I said this. I said, listen, somebody's got to be the final word. In the local church. I believe God gives that to the pastor. You understand? But your average local church is the richest man in the building. The biggest tither. Or it's some woman in the church that's running everybody. I can never forget. I went to a guy's house over here. He wanted me to come to his son's grandson's birthday. Went to the grandson's birthday. And there's about 80 to 100 people around. Up, up walks this elderly lady. She's walking up. And he goes, there's the queen bee. And I said, the Queen Bee goes, yeah, she runs this whole outfit. <laughs> and I go, I'm glad she ain't in my church. Because if the Queen Bee come in and settled in, she brings in all her little chicks under Mama Hand. Mama Hand just winked. They're all out. Yeah. Right? If she disagrees with the preacher and pulls, she walks away, there goes your whole church. Why? Because they're following the Queen Bee. You understand what I'm saying? You got to be careful of all that. Brother Combs was down in Kentucky. He had to discipline a lady. It was a baby girl of the family. Guess what happened when they had a discipline? The family leaves. But the elder sister stayed and stuck it out. And he had 11 people for years and years and years and years down there. Amen? Why? Because a family got mad because they disciplined a girl in a church that was doing wrong. And her and her husband left and run their mouth and said things. 
guess what? They're back into the church today. <laughs> but after they got a new pastor, which is her brother-in-law, and a bunch of those folks came back after the missionary left. Amen. But they weren't going to sit there and go, right, my sister, how dare you speak against my sister? Let me ask you a question. Did she do right or wrong? It don't matter if she did right or wrong. You spoke against my sister. So if we're supposed to condone sin. We're supposed to condone wrong all because it's your flesh and blood, right? Listen, the greatest thing we could ever do was stand up and look at our family member and say, you need to get right, preacher. Yeah. You're not right. He's just to sit back and have the discipline because you're not following the scriptures. And if people would do that and they get mad going down the road, well, good. You got to live with them at the family reunion, preacher. I don't. Or, you, you know, <laughs> you got to deal with them, folks. You, you got to invite them over. You got to live with them. If they don't want to do right, you got to have the character enough to sit back and say, as long as you want to be in sin, I'm not having you over my house. But people won't do that. And that's the problem that we have in churches is church discipline. When people want to live in sin, we still want to condone it. Right. And when a pastor takes a stand in a local church, people get mad at him. Who do you think you are? You just got too much thinking liberty. How dare you? Well, somebody's got to be the final say. Somebody's got to do it. And then like that church in Gratis, they turn around and say, well, you take care of all the spiritual and we'll take care of all the physical. Well, I'm going to be the CEO. I'm going to take care of everything. And if I can't tell the deacon what to do and tell the church how to spend the money and follow the direction of all that, amen. I got a dear preacher friend down in Tennessee. He called for a revival. Men rose up and said, we ain't going to have no revival. So he called the pastor preacher up. He was going to have him in to preach. Cancel the revival. I would have canceled the people. <laughs> I said, I'm going to have a revival. Whether you're here or not, have a nice day. Move on down the road. But since then, they, they've had a lot of people saved. A lot of lives changed. And this thing, different things. I don't know how he did it. He's a gracious man. I couldn't have done that. You understand what I'm saying? If I feel led of God and I'm praying to have a revival and people don't want to come, I said, well, then don't attend. Amen. Don't show up. But you got to be able to follow a leader. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, they don't want to be able to do that. And I believe God calls pastor to be able to do that. Listen, I've, I've seen people do things in churches that's unbelievable. Fight the yeah. preacher and do things that's, I just can't believe it. And then you wonder why when you go to those churches, God ain't nowhere around. God doesn't bless them. All right, we'll get off of that one. Amen, we've already covered this one. Uh, when this thing's assembled and not assembled, right? No, we didn't. This one assembles when? <laughs> This one assembles at the rapture, right? When the, when the trumpet sounds, we're all going to meet where? In the clouds, right? And we're going to meet the Lord where? In the air, right? Where's this one meet? Periodically, right? Amen. That's when we meet, right? supposed to meet the first day of the week upon the first day of the week let us lay aside amen the collecting of the saints first Corinthians 16 3 that's what we're supposed to do the bed on the first day of the week the church meets on the first day of the week right we just covered last week the difference between church and Israel and the church in Israel the difference is amen they meet on the Sabbath Israel meets on the Sabbath we meet on Sunday and then seven day disadvantages say well when did you change when did the Lord change the Sabbath he never did the Sabbath is always the same but the yeah. Sabbath's not for the church. It's for Israel. Yeah. There's a difference. They better get that thing. Amen. This church meets three times on Sunday, once on Wednesday. And if we have revival or special meeting, we meet then and we do things. 
listen, we could have a business meeting. Or we could have a church uh, work day, right? And say, we're all going to meet here Thursday night. You meet periodically. We can assemble locally as members periodically throughout the year. But for the most part, it's four times a week. Here, we're not assembling everybody. Not assembling until when? The rapture. Amen. So uh, what we have also is uh, in this one, in the church, you have Jew and Gentile. Right? The first part of the early church was mainly Jewish. And what disrupted a lot of things in the nation of Israel is that they said, henceforth we'll go to the Gentiles, and now the church is mainly Gentile. Here it's mainly Gentile. Right. Right? Over here, amen, uh, you may not have both. This one's mainly Gentile. Have both. You go to Israel, you may have a lot of Jewish believers. Right? You may go into New York or someplace or Chicago has got a lot of Jewish people. And you may get a man saved and you may get a bunch of Jews saved and have a local assembly that's got nothing but Jews in it that are saved. But for the most part, in here in America, you're going to have mainly uh, Gentile people. Now, I knew a preacher was in Columbus, Ohio. He had a Jewish wife. Right? So you had a local assembly that had two Jews and Gentiles in it, but it was mainly Gentile. But here... It's made up of both. You understand? And so you got to understand that the local churches may not always have the recipe. And then here, this, this is a good one. I mean, everybody in the, the body of Christ is faithful. <laughs> right? Hey, right? Right? Yeah. But uh, all are not faithful here. Amen. One thing I said, I said up there at uh, uh, right up here on Needmore when I pulled off, I was telling my wife, I said, you know, one thing I've noticed in Christianity trying to start this church. She said, what? I said, I said the people are faithful at being unfaithful, and uh, that's true. That's true. Of the body of Christ. That's true. Of the end times. You know how many churches have uh, more people at Sunday night or Sunday morning than they have Sunday night? Yeah. And then how many people they have at Wednesday nights? For example, the average church might have 100 people on Sunday morning. Yeah. They probably have uh, 50 at Sunday night, and then they might have 25 Sunday evening. I preached that down in Arkansas. And uh, I was preaching at a revival and preached at Arkansas. I said, I said, what's going on with you guys' church attendance? They passed out a flyer, and I said, how come you guys only have a fourth of you Wednesday nights? And I preached that morning on uh, forsaken assembling of yourself together. I said, why is the house of God forsaken? First of all, it's tithes and offering, and I, I really ramped up on that. And I got up on that tithes and offerings, amen, because they were the preacher said he hadn't had a raise in 12 years. And so I kind of went off on that a little bit. And then I went off on their attendance. And I said, this week, and this is Sunday morning, I said, this week, I expect this, this attendance to be here all week long if you don't revive I said, you ought to have just as many Sunday nights, just as many Wednesday nights as you do Sunday morning. Amen. I said, what are you laying out watching television for? What are, you do, what are you doing skipping church? What are you doing skipping a meeting? Well, before it was all over, we had a deacon in that church throwing his Bible. We had a the deacon railing on the preacher and screaming at the preacher to get rid of me. Listen, <laughs> we had a fun time down there. And uh, 
Well, needless to say, I, I've never been back to preach. Amen. We hit nerves. We stepped on nerves. We hit things. But that's what need. That's what revival is. That's what old time revival is. Is to get in and preach. Now listen, this church, the local church, may not always have faithful people in it. At one time, we had so many people coming here that were so unfaithful that if they all assembled at one time, they'd be surprised that that many people were meeting. They'd go, wow, where'd they all come from? People would come in and say, well, we did got people coming, but they're not here today. <laughs> and then somebody show up. And then for the longest time, we had more people Sunday morning or Sunday night and Wednesday night than we did Sunday morning. Because yeah. B and Clayton wouldn't make it here. They're just two bodily shipwrecks. She said, I just can't get out of bed. That's this early preacher. So I said, hey, man, this one here is an organism. Organism. This one's an organization. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to spell anymore. Organization. Amen. We're a local assembly. We've been organized. Amen. According to a bunch of people that may be watching this, might be upset. I'm a 5013C. You say, why are you doing that? Because when they come to sue, somebody wants to sue this church, amen, they can sue the, the corporation, not sue every individual into the church. That's why we're incorporated, amen. We're protected by law, amen, and we do have insurance, but if I was un, if I was un uh, unincorporated, amen, they could come in and sue every member of this church for their back ties and offerings or whatever they want, and nobody would be safe or protected. Amen? And that's so that's the reason why I'm incorporated. And there's a bunch of preachers got a problem with that, say I'm a compromiser. I ain't compromised one lick of thing of preaching. I've just got some protection, legal protection. Amen? This one, amen, uh, began when? I believe... There are people in Christ, amen, when? In Acts 2, the Spirit of God came and baptized people where? Into Christ. I believe it happens in Acts 2. I believe at Calvary, the church was instituted and started, right, at Calvary. But then over here, amen, a lot of people may disagree with this. Uh, when, did, when did the local church begin? Amen. Well, Matthew chapter number 10, Jesus called out 12. Yeah. Amen. He called out 12 apostles. And there was a local assembly, but they weren't baptized into Christ. Because when you get into Luke 22, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired me to sift his wheat. Amen. But I pray for thee, that faith fail now. He said, when thou art converted. So Peter wasn't even converted in Luke 22. He said, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Why? He wasn't baptized by the Holy Ghost into Christ. That didn't happen until then people were getting in there in Acts 2. Amen. You had a local assembly there in Acts chapter number 1, 120 people praying in the upper room, but they still didn't have the Holy Ghost baptized them. You understand? In Acts chapter 1. So, and then in Acts chapter number 5, they're added to who? The local assembly, when they got saved, they were added to who? Added to the Lord. Right? A local assembly was getting in. They were getting in and God was putting them in here when they were still part here. So there's a difference and there's a distinction between the physical local body and there is the spiritual body. Amen? This one, amen, according to 1 John 3, verse 9, cannot sin. 
Amen. Cannot. His seed comes in him. Cannot sin. My, my new man on the inside of me cannot sin. There's a separation of rightly dividing right there. He cannot sin. 1 John 3, 9. Right? Because the seed remains in him. He that's born of God cannot sin. Right? This one here, you can have more sin than you can even imagine. Yeah. Right? What happened in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 5, or 1 through 5? In the local church. There was a man that was fornicating with his stepmom, his dad's wife. And Paul said, purge out the leaven, get rid of them. And you got to get that wicked person out from amongst you. That's what the whole chapter is dealing with. You know what they had? They were full of sin. They had to get it. You know what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11 over there, or chapter 12? He said, there's a bunch of people when I show up. He said, I'm going to be wailing. You know why? Because they haven't sinned to their wickedness, their fornication, and a bunch of different things they're doing. Local churches can be full of sin. Mm -hmm. But this one cannot sin. Amen. This one. Amen. You cannot be plucked out. Amen. Can't pluck you out. No man's able to pluck me out of the Father's hand. Right? No man's able to pluck me out of the Lord's hand and nobody's going to get in the Father's hand. Jesus said in John 10, right? This one, you can be plucked out. You can be purged out. You can be kicked out. Right? Why didn't you get no amens on that? Right? You can, be, you can be churched out of a local church here. You can lose your church membership here. Real simple. I already told people to leave. I can do that again. Right? But here, I can't pluck you out of the Lord. I can't take you out of His hand. But there ain't a sin you can commit to get kicked out of here. Out of the out of this body. But out of this local assembly, there's all kinds of sins people can do to get kicked out of a local assembly. There's preachers get kicked out of local assemblies. But you know why? A lot of times it's for holy living and preaching hard, straight truth. And the people gang up and say, we're, we're done with you, bud. We're going to find somebody else to go back off a little bit so we can enjoy our sin. Amen. And then this one, this was the one that sold this whole doctrine for me, period. Amen. A lot of people said there's no difference. There's a difference. But this one right here, this, this church right here, right? No devil can be a member. Right? This one over here had Judas carried it. Yep. He was in the local assembly. In John 6, 70, he was a devil. Jesus said, have not I chosen you 12 and one of you is a devil? You can have a devil in your local church. <laughs> but in the body of Christ, there is no devil. There is no leaven. There is no sin. You're different. And if we don't see the differences, we're in trouble. Amen? Amen. Father, we love you. I ask you to bless now the teaching today. I pray somebody watch this, get help. I pray, Lord, for those that are sitting at home, Baptist writers and other people would study the scriptures, see the difference, wake up, be able to be a help instead of contention, instead of trying to divide the body of Christ, they'd learn how to divide the body, the word of God. In Jesus' name.